As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Watt Harris here with another fun Panther Ranch podcast. Uh, you probably heard some music in the background. That was the that was Yacht Rock. Um, long story short, I thought Yacht Rock was off the air on XM, but I guess depending on your on your subscription, you can get Yacht Rock on channel three eleven, like the band three eleven, which is kind of cool. So. I'm listening to Yacht Rock still, and I have no idea why I can't stop listening to this shit. It's just so good. It's just, I don't know what it is about the station. It's its consistently really, really good. I mean, they, I don't know how they do this, but they know it's like the right tracks at the right time for the right moment. It's, it's weird. I can't get over Yacht Rock. Anyways, guys, it's a Monday after hangover, I guess you can say. I'm sure some of you came back from South Bend and you're back to work or you took a day off. Personally, I wasted the hell that took Monday off. I hope a lot of you did. Work from home, half day, whatever. Sleep in. I don't give a shit. Pit, um, as I predicted, you know, I think Friday night, I said, you know, Notre Dame will probably win this game 24-7. You know, I said Pitt's defense would fight hard like hell, but, it will, you know, offensively, it just won't be enough. Part, part of me, part of me, you know, let me slow down. Part of me was right. Well, actually, on well, kind of like both parts because the defense did fight hard like hell. And props to them. They did a hell of a job. Offensively, we really scored in one touchdown. As the special teams got the other. That's Which, you know, obviously was unfortunate. So, Notre Dame only scored 19 points. But yeah, I mean, if Pitt was going to try to win this game, it was going to be low scoring because of how, you know, crippled the offense is. And the game started out pretty well. I mean, uh, Pitt was disrupting Ian Book. The front four was getting to him. They disrupted the flow of Notre Dame's offense, and it was awesome. Pitt got the ball on their first drive, and, you know, it sputtered a little bit. Then the uh, offsides call on Notre Dame special teams kept Pitt's drive alive. Pickett made some nice throws, which which opened up the running game a bit because they couldn't, um, well, 
they weren't getting to uh, pick at that point. He was getting the ball out in time. It allowed the, de- the, the running game to take hold, and it was a beautiful thing to watch because they just ran right through Notre Dame. I mean, they just bullied through them. It was awesome. It was like a, it was a sexy drive. And pitches beat that ass and got the seven nothing lead. But unfortunately, that's all we had to show for for the rest of the half. Uh, we we obviously couldn't you know build on it. But as the second half began, we got the ball, which was which was huge because Pitt made some big stops. You know, you know, at their own doorstop. So, um, Maurice French runs a kickoff back, and it's next. You know, next you know, it's fourteen to six. Notre Dame, not, not not too long after that, would get it in the end zone as they would change up. Obviously, with second half, you make adjustments. And they changed it, they tempoed it a bit for us. But still, Pitt was making plays on defense. Not to mention they were getting the Ian Book as well. They were pressuring him. They were they were getting their hands on him no matter what. So, you know, Davis did a hell of a job. I mean, Randy Bates did a hell of a job, but especially the secondary. They were owning Notre Dame. So, props to them. I have nothing bad to say about the defense. You know, they got robbed on a, a bad pass interference call, and it wasn't even, pa- it wasn't even pass interference. But whatever. They suck. At least officials do. But the thing is, is the offense had their opportunities in the second half to put the game away. They were moving the ball in their name, but they would get to a standstill. And, of course, they had one field goal missed on a fourth and eight. Initially, I thought they should win for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought they should win for it. But maybe if Kessler, Kessman doesn't, you know, shank that field goal... Maybe it's not that big of a deal if they if they uh, go for it or not. But the second time when they had when they had fourth and three, I thought then and there, rather than send Kessman out to, to possibly shake another field goal, they should have kept their offense on the field and rolled the dice and did something. Because I figure if you're heavily if you're a heavy underdog at that point. You go down swinging, not kicking. Pitt obviously went down kicking because, well, for one thing, they missed two field goals. Two big ones at that. So, I thought they should have rolled the dice. But Pitt did get one last chance at the end. They got the ball back. And the drive pretty much ended before it began. And that insult entry, Trey Tipton catches the fourth down pass, but he's out of bounds. So, I don't know what works here or what's going to work for Pitt. 
they have a bye week, which is probably good for them. But I think there's obviously with this bye week, I'd like to see the staff possibly regroup here and talk about some things because there's a lot to talk about. It seems the defense played their ass off, but the offense production is really lacking. And yesterday, as you saw, I tweeted out an article about Sean Watson and Charlie Strong about, you know, you know, why Charlie gave Sean Watson the job at Texas. And it's a pretty lengthy article. It talks about basically Sean Watson, where he's been, his stints. And the thing about Sean Watson is there's some situations where he works out, there's some that he doesn't. And in the case of the Texas job, what they were trying to do with their offense wasn't going to work with him because uh, Sean Watson's more of a West Coast offense type, or so he says, or so it says. And whereas Charlie Strong wanted to go to a more of a spread offense with what they had, and of course things just you know because with, with, with the personnel they had, the things were obviously disastrous at that. And, I can't, and maybe in this case, this is not going to work with Pitt. You know, it's not going to work at all. It's unfortunate, but it sucks. Unless some adjustments are made. Which I, you know, don't know what adjustments can be made at this point. What can, what can there be done? I mean, for one thing, you're off, your tight ends are, um, you know, your, your tight end uh, unit is pretty much dilapidated. So I'm not sure what at this point Pitt can do. Maybe change the play calling, do several other things, but I don't know what else can be done. I just hope that they have time to figure it out. Running game's fine. I have no issues with it. But they got to do some of the passing game. They got to get some production out of it, and they haven't all year. And, you know, I screamed incoherently about uh, wanting to try with Ricky Towns, and really it doesn't matter. Sean, you know, because the coordinator, at the end of the day, Sean Watson's still the coordinator. And he's still going to ruin things. But maybe, just maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. Who knows? But we don't know anything until, you know, Next game, let's see what happens. If anything at all, do I do I think that the coaching change we made at, at the bye week, it's been done before, but I just don't see it happening with this group, and I definitely don't see it happening with uh, with Narduzzi doing this. I mean, Charlie Strong demoted Sean Watson in the middle of uh, what would be uh, you know Watson's final year at Texas. He demoted him the quarterbacks coach. And gave Norvell the um, the play calling duties. So who has that? I mean, uh, so they did that. 
I just don't see that happening here. I don't see Narduzzi telling uh, his uh, mentor, you know, hey, it's been real, but you got to go. I don't see that happening at all. Who knows? It might. We shall see. But anyways, guys, I'm done rambling about that. We have a bye week. Let's enjoy it. And we'll figure it out. So we go to the next thing. Let's go around for the ACC. And not much really happened. Well, for one thing, Duke beat Georgia Tech pretty good. And as from what, I was, from what I've gathered, it was a badly officiated game. And basically, North Carolina and Duke games doesn't matter what sport they are, always badly officiate because ACC just loves those guys. I figured Tech would win this game because, you know, they were on a tear, but Duke obviously is is going to be the, is going to be possibly, as everybody, as a lot of pronunciators said, a, uh, the dark horse for the Coastal. And, you know, I, I bashed it like hell last, you know, earlier this year and I don't know, I'm going to take a, take a big L on this one. I took a lot of L's over the weekend with my predictions. They just they were just bad. Uh, on top of that, Miami lost to uh, Virginia, and I figured you know Miami had this figured out. Obviously, they didn't, and they lost that they lost to Virginia, which is which was a shocker. Uh, UNC, North Carolina, if they'd have held on, we would have been in, we would have been tied for first in the Coastal. We could have bragged about it. I don't know why this guy's beeping. He's trying to make this. He's trying like to get over in this lane, and he has plenty of room to get over. But he wants to beep at these other cars about it. NC State, obviously, as we're looking at all this. The Atlantic, obviously, is going to probably come down to, what's it called? Uh, never mind, you're not looking. I was trying to let this guy over, and of course, he's not looking. He's looking at his phone, so whatever. But the uh, AC, AC um, Atlantic is a two-way race between NC State and uh, Clemson. And I think there's one thing that the uh, ACC, ACC probably fears is a possibility of uh, a Clemson, not a Clemson, an NC State versus Duke uh, <laughs> title game. Because, you know, as far as the college football playoff goes, they would they would want probably Clemson to represent the conference. But now you have NC State coming in the mix now, and I'm sure they're frightened over this idea. That uh, <laughs> and who knows? They love Duke, so maybe a Duke representing the ACC in the college football playoff would be the most ACC thing ever. Actually, it's, it's, it would it would remind us a lot. If you think about it, 
It be it would be like when UConn represented the Big East in college in, in the uh, the BCS. I mean, that was the most Big East thing ever. Duke going in the college football playoff would be the most ACC thing, uh, ACC thing ever. But I think it's but I think if the ACC knows what's good for them, they want they want a football they want a football uh, powerhouse to represent them, <laughs> not Duke. NC State's more like us; they're just they're middle of a pack of everything. As we're looking around, going further down the list, uh, Penn State dropped a uh, heartbreaker to um, Michigan State. Well, it depends. I mean, it's a heartbreaker depending on who you root for. I mean, if you're a Penn State fan, sure, this is a heartbreaker. For me, you know, for me, and I guess for you guys listening, it's not so much. You know, I I caught the end of the game, and I thought Penn State was going to pull it off. I was surprised the score was that close, but at the same time, these uh, these games are always a dog a dog fight. You know, ever since D'Antonio took over, this game hasn't really been an easy W for Penn State anymore, and we saw last year where. Penn State had even had Saquon Barkley and a whole bunch of talent and still couldn't beat Michigan State at Michigan State. This time they have it home. And if you and if you take the stat sheets of both teams and say erase the score and hide the score, you would say and you would probably have a survey. Of, you know, hey, look at the look at the look at the stats of each team and say who do you think won this game. And I guarantee you pretty much everybody is going to say Penn State won this game. But uh, if you look at the um, score, it tells you differently. Because, you know, you know Trace McSorley had a modest game, 19-30, almost 200 yards, a touchdown pass. Miles Sanders ran for over 160 yards in a touchdown. Right? But for some reason, for as much as they put up, they only score like 14 points and actually 17 points. And then Michigan State, they they, they couldn't put away Michigan State at the end. Michigan State drove down the field. And threw a touchdown pass to win the game. And it was a big, I mean, the, the pass was underthrown. And the receiver knew it was underthrown. It's just the uh, defensive back had his back turned, didn't know. And, and it worked out for them. I mean, it, this was another game where Penn State doll made the stat sheet. And they couldn't win. They, they just couldn't score more points than the other team. And not to mention, they couldn't put the team away either. They just gave up big plays, and that's what happened with Ohio State as well. They gave up big plays, and that was that. I mean, Ohio State didn't have to do anything they, to, to even score. All they did was throw a little, uh, little uh, screens and little short passes, and their athletes did the rest of the work because the quarterback really couldn't do anything. It's odd. And on top of that, West Virginia lost as well. 
I said, you know, last you know, last week on the podcast that this game would be a dangerous game for West Virginia, and Iowa State tends to be a scrappy team, and while well, they scrapped with West Virginia and beat them, and it really wasn't close. But, I mean, Iowa State's just one of those teams where you really don't want to play with them because they'll beat you. So you have to go in there and take care of business. Anyways, guys, some other stuff going around. If we look at the rest of the conferences, obviously the Pac-12 supposedly is checked out, as, as the media says so far. But Oregon State is, is still has one loss. If it wasn't for that fumble against Stanford, they would be undefeated. They'd be in the top top eight, top four probably. So I wouldn't totally roll them out. I really like Colorado, and, of course, they lost the – USC, so you can roll them out because you know they had to win that game to be to be even taken any any kind of serious. Uh, the Big Twelve, obviously, Texas, you know, barely beat uh, Baylor, but of course they lost their quarterback to injury, but they held on. Still, Oklahoma is obviously still in it. West Virginia you can still say it has an outside chance, of, you know playing for the Big 12 title. We'll see. Right? Uh, SEC is obviously going to be Bama, but um, depends on how their quarterback is, if, he's, if his knee's alright or whatnot. But still, they got Jalen Hurts, so I see them still competing for the you know, SEC title. LSU beat Georgia, and that was a shocker to me because I thought Georgia was going to roll on them. and I thought LSU was kind of fool's gold. I just didn't think they were that good, but Georgia, for some reason this year, they haven't really, I thought they were going to roll on some teams this year, but they've been, uh, I don't know if they've been sleepwalking or what, but maybe this is a wake-up call for them because, you know, they've, they've, been, they've been on brink of, they've been on brink of losing games. Obviously, the ACC where I talked about, the Big Ten, Obviously, the, the you know the East is obviously going to come down to Michigan, Ohio State, as uh, Penn State obviously is out of it for right now, unless uh, Michigan and Ohio State magically magically lose start losing games. But I don't see that happening. So Penn State's pretty much out of the race. I mean, they'll they'll get to play the Alamo Bowl or what, what whatnot, or Capital One, whatever New Year's Day bowl games they got. In the West, Wisconsin lost, so they're you know that's crappy loss for them. But then there's Iowa. Iowa lost to um, Wisconsin not too long ago, and. Well, actually, you know what? They beat Wisconsin. It was one of the two. You know, I, th- I think they beat Wisconsin. No, I think they lost. Yeah, they actually... No, I take that back. They did lose. Ugh. Sorry about that. But they still have one loss, and I think that, to me, Iowa controls their destiny in the uh, Big Ten West. And if they are to... And if they're... something, If they somehow make it to the uh, Big Ten title game... I'd be really kind of cautious if I was whoever Michigan or Ohio State because 
Iowa is usually a dangerous team, and and they're capable of pulling off wins. I mean, say what you want, Kurt Ferentz, but what he does at Iowa, Iowa works. The running game, the, the physical defense, you know, the formula is very similar to Wisconsin, and it works. As far as Wisconsin goes, they're going to they're only going to go as far as their offense takes their their passing game takes them. It's it's very similar to Pitt. They can run the ball, play play physical defense. They just can't throw it because they have uh, Hornibrook who uh, just hasn't really developed at all, as people hoped. There, I mean, there are publications that are expecting big things from Hornibrook, but. He just isn't that good, and you know, he may beat up on smaller opponents, but you know, it just is what it is with that group. But even if, uh, say, like an undefeated Michigan or Ohio State loses to Iowa in a Big Ten title game, they probably still have a college football cliff anyway, because <clears throat> we all know college football loves Michigan and Ohio State, and they're going to want them in. That's just how that goes. But anyways, um, yeah. Speaking of Oregon, they uh, had a walk-off touchdown in overtime against Washington. So the Huskies are pretty much out of the college football playoff, which is a shame. Well, on top, what what really killed them was uh, Auburn losing again. And I don't know what the hell's wrong with Auburn. I mean, ever since Malzahn got them to the um, national title game, it's just been a steady decline for them. And are you know now are unranked, going to be unranked pretty much, unless the uh, the poll people still love them. I don't I don't see why they would. They suck. But if you play in the SEC, obviously you get these these kind of privileges. But that's pretty much it for the weekend of college football. I mean, there's it's really. There wasn't really a whole lot to um, dissect this weekend at all. I mean, you know, as far as games of interest were concerned. Uh, if we look in the um, NFL part of it, I guess we'll dig into. Steers on a nice win. And it was obviously it was a good weekend for pit guys. I mean, well, for most of most pit guys. Tyler Boy and James Conner had a shootout, and they each had touchdowns, and Tyler Boyd's having one hell of a season for the Bengals. I mean, he's surpassed what he did last year. And he'll probably surpass what he did in his first year as well. I mean, his first year, he caught 50-something balls for 60, 600 yards. Last year, he caught 20, 20-something balls. And at that point, he was down He was down on the depth chart. And I think, you know, after that season, he this, this season obviously was a crossroads for him. Where he's here to go up. He's either going to advance or he's going to go down or he's going to end up you know, probably on the waiver wire. And it looks like he's here and he's here to stay. You know, I, I, I still don't think he's going to have the curly Fitzgerald has because, well, for one thing, he, that's Larry, it's Larry Fitzgerald. He's Tyler Boyd. But he can still have a productive career no matter where he's at. And obviously he's obviously put a lot of work in. And it's paying off right now. I mean, the fans love him if you see him celebrate with the fans and all. And 
James Conner had a hell of a game as well. I mean, he just looks faster than he did than he was at Pitt, even before you know he was even before cancer. But you know, that's if there's one thing people have said, he had to get lighter. You know, he's a lot faster too. And I guess people say he's not really fully covered from his cancer yet, physically, which is kind of scary because of what he's doing now to what he's really, really fully recovered. Uh, Nathan Pierman obviously threw a touchdown, a go-ahead for the Bills, but Texas came back and tied it, and of course, Pierman was Pierman, threw a pick six in the game, and uh, obviously... He talked about his faith and saying that he can only rely on his faith with God and football doesn't define him. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, I'm not sure why he'd bring his faith into this. I'm not, you know, I get he has faith. And it's great that he does. I mean, you you, you want that. I mean, well, not everybody does, but still. And the wish, if the guy has, is, is proud of his, you know, his, of his uh, Christian faith, hey, you know, good for him. But uh, we all saw that what happened with Tim Tebow when he had, when he brought his faith into this, and obviously, but, but mostly a lot of people, I would say, social media got annoyed with it because God forbid, you know, you, you know, you have a relationship with God. <laughs> you know, that's you know, that's not cool. That's not cool in today's world. It's not cool to be religious in twenty in, in twenty eighteen anymore. But I'm sure when it hits the fan, they'll be pr- they'll be praying, right? Right. But uh, as far as Peterman goes, I think pretty much when the Renai quote, it seems like I don't know. Maybe he's checked out of football. It says what I mean. That's what it seems like. And it doesn't mean you know just because he's not really that great of a quarterback doesn't mean he's a bad person. There's a lot of great guys who you know aren't good quarterbacks or just aren't good pro players. Nice guys. It just happens. But anyways. I hope whatever happens, he finds his way. But he got—he threw a touchdown. He finally threw a touchdown pass in this league, and I'm I'm at least happy for him. But as far as the Texans go, it'd been a horrible look if Bill O'Brien lost to Blaine Gabbert and Nathan Peterman. It, it was not an overtime game, or you know they should have put the game away at the end, but they couldn't get the ball past the you know past the one yard line. Oh well, because if you, you know lose that game and pretty much you know, I think you do with the Bill O'Brien era. It's just I don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I know part of it is they teams got film on him now and they think they're figuring him out. But some of it's just what the you know what the is just what the fuck stuff. I mean he's just done some odd things. And of course, late night we were treated to a beautiful game of the uh, Chiefs and uh, Patriots. And uh, the Chiefs obviously can't play defense, 
as we saw, that's what happens. But you got yourself a nice 43-40 shootout. And it was lovely. We had to see these two guys showcase their talents, and that's what you wanted, and it worked out. But uh, yeah, there were a lot of surprising games, a lot of surprising wins as you know, the NFL goes. I mean, it's just the league's just up and down. I mean, uh, look at look at Jacksonville, for instance. I mean, I, I had Dallas pick to win that game anyway, but I mean, they got slaughtered forty to seven, and I'm wondering, you know, the Jaguars start off hot in the beginning with Blake Bortles playing really good against New England, and they've just sputtered since. It reminds me that it reminds me of the Chiefs last year when they put, they opened up against New England and destroyed New England. And they just sputtered after that. Makes you wonder if this is what's happening with, with Jacksonville now. Maybe it's probably a good idea if the Jaguars look for a quarterback because Bortles just isn't consistent enough for them. And they have a really good defense, and you got to have that. But this this game, it just seemed like they, uh, they totally chucked out of it. Cowboys just came to play. anyways guys I'm gonna let you have the rest of your Monday back hell to pit have fun